You're listening to My Rapids Real Estate Show on WFHR, that's AM 1320, and now 97.5 FM. We're bringing you real estate news for Wisconsin Rapids, Nakusa, and all of central Wisconsin. Welcome back. I'm Ben. And I'm Carrie Nikolai. And we are with Coldwell Banker Seward Realtors here in Wisconsin Rapids. That is correct. So a lot of exciting stuff. We had um, talked earlier with um, Jen over at Ruby Reds, and she's excited about expanding and yes. bringing in more interesting things. And we're going to get to that a little bit later. So okay. keep your taste buds open. All righty. All right. Um, there's been a lot of stuff going on with the market again. We're starting to get springtime vibes coming into the market, I, I think. People are looking, people are listing, and that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, one of the big things that I love about Coldo Banker Seawirt okay. is kind of that backbone of education and always trying to move forward and keep on the cutting edge of what's going on in the real estate industry and whatnot. Um, JR is great as a coach and keeping us motivated. And we as realtors have a lot of options for educating ourselves. Mm-hmm. Realtors Association here in Wisconsin does a great job with their educational products as well. And there's even um, in-person portions. And you've recently gone to an in-person portion. Right. I went out to Green Bay this this week and got to spend some time doing a CRS class. So we always love the the wonderful acronyms because that way we can shorten things up. So I am working on getting my certified residential specialist certification. So we cut that down to CRS. So we're working, I'm working towards that. And so I've got to do 30 hours of education and I'm, Got to finish up eight hours of that on Wednesday, which was really great of just kind of sitting down with a bunch of agents and learning about systems that we can put in place to make the buying and selling process easier for both side for both sides, for the sellers and the buyers. So it was really neat to to hear some really great ideas of what we can do to help you find that home and to help you sell that home. Which is awesome. Right, right. So if all y'all listening are getting that itch and think, wow, the last couple of years have been pretty awesome for selling my house and you want to start doing that, hey, now's the time. Mm-hmm. Give us a call. What's your phone number? 715-323-2577. Excellent. And it's a very textable number too. So, you know, as you maybe driving by and, and see something, you can take a screen screenshot of whatever you saw online or a screenshot of the, or take a picture of the house. Send me a text with that picture, and I can tell you all about that home. Of course, if you are curious and want to look about what's active or current in the market, it's always fluctuating. And so we set up our CodalBankerSeaWord.com website. Mm-hmm. If you want to make it easier to get to or get to specific parts of it, just type in MyRapids.com or MyNakusa.com, depending on if you, you know, want to look directly for houses in Nakusa and want to make it easier on yourself. Right. Right. Excellent. Excellent. So what do you have in the market? Because I know I've got a lot of uh, wrap-up stuff from 2021. I know you do. And we want to get to that for sure. Um, So again, these are all pre-recorded. So we're looking at February 3rd. and It's it's, February already. February. And I'm not sure who we should follow. So we're going to digress quite a bit here for a little bit. Okay. Let's Let's digress to Putsit County, Phil. Puxitani, Phil. So Phil... The national groundhog did see his shadow. Okay. All right. So that means six more weeks of winter, right? That's not okay. Exactly. But the state groundhog, I forgot his name, but he's down down south. Is Steve, Dave. Dave, probably. John. We're we're not sure. We cannot remember his name. But the state one did not see his shadow. The state is predicting an early spring. Now, it's coming true. Um, if you look at the weird weather patterns that are happening. Mm-hmm. So, like, Florida is getting winter now. Right. Weird. We've got another Arctic blast that's swinging um, kind of down the Rocky Mountains and curling 
down there in Texas area. So um, Texas is getting a little frozen at this point. Again. Uh-huh. Right. Um, I don't think they learned fully from the repercussions of the last time they froze, froze. solid down there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not looking quite as bad as what it did a couple of years ago. Well, good. Good. We don't want to see our Texans freeze. Right. And as far as the um, the the utility service, keeping more of a robust stance, um, I, I do know that from the reports that I'm seeing, at least for the news outlets down there, um, the Texas Power Association, whatever it is, mm-hmm. has really taken um, this one to heart, seeing as how they got so much bad press and there, a lot of bad stuff happened last time. Right. And then looking at how the grid fell, the power grid especially, and then what that knocked out, <clears throat> because they, they, they aren't built for the really, really cold weather like we are, just that their infrastructure is, is not because it doesn't happen like that. The downside of those power outages with those temperatures is then things start to freeze, and then other utilities that are maybe more robust, they get affected, especially like water. Mm-hmm. And so when you have a lot of homes with burst pipes, that wrecks the entire system. Maybe not directly, but then the municipality says, hey, we're going to shut off the water to everybody to protect the rest of what's still intact. Right. Um, gas is a little bit on that same line, but that's usually the last to fall. The gas lines are usually the more robust lines. Okay. So we're, we'll see how this next week goes and what shortfalls Texans are facing. All right. Yeah, our heart goes out to everybody down there too. Yes. And our Florida, again, like I said, we are digressing, but that's okay. I mean, Florida, we've got lizards falling from trees. Right. That happens every time this, ha- that this comes around. You know. So I guess that's one other good thing of why we live in Wisconsin is we don't have lizards falling from the trees. Right. We, we are hardy, hardy folk. That is right. So, you know, again, we know people who live down in Florida, our hearts go out to them too as well. Um, it's kind of, we get to smile at some of the stuff when we see things like lizards falling from the trees, but you know, we do care for, care about the lizards as well. So I I talked recently with someone who's looking to move down to Florida Mm -hmm. um, and potentially, you know, put their house up for sale that they're living here in Wisconsin. And that conversation was very interesting because it's very, very difficult to find houses for sale down in Florida that last more than two hours on the market. Mm -hmm. And people are legit writing million dollar checks and paying cash for a lot of things. Um, There is an exodus from certain states um, just because there's a high population and now people understand that they can do business without having to be in that physical location. Right. So California and New York, you know, the East and West Coast people, they're flooding down to slightly warmer weather. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it is a little bit humorous that when we talk about these cold weather issues with these warm weather states and remembering that the majority of the new population going down there just tried to get away from and they're heading right the towards co- and and it just follows them down well they're heading down there to help them become a little bit more educated because once you take a wisconsinite put them in florida they know how to handle icy roads oh yeah yep they're the ones who are probably going to be driving the school buses when we talked about um the carolinas a mm-hmm. week or two ago uh, the, the same thing with the ice storms and Unfortunately, a lot of those transition zone states aren't geared up to, you know, clean out the roads as quickly as we do. Right. Also interesting that when I start doing some research about these trends and whatnot and how it affects people, I get pop-ups of, hey, check out this really cool video of like the coldest place on earth over in like negative 60 degrees Siberia and stuff like that. I'm like... Okay, we're not that bad. Right, we're not there yet, so, yeah. So anyways. um, Okay, back to our warm homes here in Wisconsin. Not sure really which which groundhog we are following. I'm going to go with, you know, by St. Patty's Day, I always wish this, that the snow is gone and we're frolicking in the green grass. It's my wish every year. Some years I'm right, some years, well, I pretend the snow is green, so. We can paint it. Yes, we can. That is also a new lawn care trend that's 
sweeping through the market. Oh my goodness. We're not going to get on that one. No, but when we do get grass, we'll talk about how to paint the the grass or dye the grass. So that way you can still look like you have green grass, even though it's brown and crispy. No, we're not going to do that. We're not painting. We're we're not, we're not doing that because then that'll give people the weird idea that they can misrepresent how green their lawn is when they're going to sell it. Well, we're not looking at trying to sell it, but maybe, you know, we're having that graduation party mm-hmm. or something where we really want to have our nice our lawn look nice and green. So if we can go out there and spray paint it and make it look a little bit better than something else, could be a thing. Could be a thing. L- lawn dye has been around for ages. Okay. Um, usually when there there's two ways that it was commonly used. Um it was to help when you're you're using a sprayer for uh, spraying other chemicals. Mm-hmm. That way you can see where you've sprayed on the lawn and not overlap your coverage. Right. Um, so not just with like the, the spray chemical, but also with the spray seeding. Um, that's like uh, what True Green or somebody might come in and overseed your lawn and they can actually see then where they've sprayed and so not to get too much grass, too many places, because that also contains fertilizers and whatnot. Excellent. <clears throat> so lawn dye has been around for quite a quite a long time. We're just now catching on. Going, hey, why don't we color it green instead and just spray everything? Awesome. I know. Okay. So, anyways, back to the market. Pre-recorded. We're <laughs> in February, just barely, and now it's six thirty at night. So we're looking at nineteen homes available to go see today and go write offers on. So, again, good numbers. And now, now we keep an eye on it multiple times a day, and we it's it's hard to quantify exactly how many houses are coming on the market versus how many are becoming accepted offer houses, and essentially, you know, going into that type of system. So, I mean, what what's your gut instinct? Do you see a lot flowing through that coming on and going off about even, or we're about even. Uh, we're still seeing, you know, stuff come on, you know, as I'm looking at days on market here, we've got 449, 148, 6, 91, 665, 8, 3, 71, 162, 76, 87, 101, 83, 0. I mean, days on market, which mm-hmm. we're coming out to about an average of 108. Right. And this is one of the nuances of the statistical reporting in our listing service, mm-hmm. or even when you see it online on realtor.com or Zillow or whatnot. Looking at the days on market doesn't always tell you the entire story because there may be other reasons that it's that lengthy days on market um, not just the desirableness of the house. Right. Um, they, we, had, we had one comeback on the market. Right. We had one comeback on the market. Uh, we have, it could be one of these things where the family's not ready. They're ready to list. So mm-hmm. they sign sign a listing contract, but we now need to clean out aunt's house or we got to clean out grandma's house. Got to clean out the house. So we need 25 days to do that. So it's going to be on the market for 25 days. We can't go see it. We can't do anything with it. But it's those 25 days of clean out still count towards our, the number of days on market. Mm-hmm. So even though it comes back on, if it comes on the market, really day one of be able to do showings, that's day 26. It's been on the market for 26 days. Right. And those delayed statuses, um, the first day that you can do showing being that late, no one has done showings in that interim in in particular case that we have mm-hmm. that's collecting days on market as right. it's sitting there. So you, you aren't missing out necessarily, and it's not a sleight of hand. It's there. We just have the contract active, and the uh, sellers just need time to do whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. So anyways, we're looking at 19. So again, we've got a lot of, you know, we've got the nine nine homes under a hundred thousand. So definitely those budget friendly homes. You want to start kind of investing in some things. This is going to be a good starting point. Now you can also have an investment home. That's also in the 200,000. 
So it all depends upon what you want as far as an investment home. Mm-hmm. But we've got some nice, nice, great homes in that budget-friendly area. Now, does that take into account uh, duplexes or multifamilies? No, it's not taken in multifamilies. And if I remember right, there's only one multifamily available in the Wisconsin Rapids area. And, and let me see, let, let me put on my, put my, on your big my, thinking my hat. Swami hat, you know, Johnny Carson with, um, what was that, Creskin or something like that? Oh, my goodness. I am not that old to remember Johnny Carson, but I do. I was going to say, um, I have no idea what you're talking about. So you are all on your own. I, I, I'm going to look it up. And I'm I gonna was going to say, am I going to get a oh, YouTube yeah. video? <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway. I, I bet that's the one that's sitting on 2nd Avenue. Yep, 2nd Avenue mm-hmm. South. So and it's 157,000 yep. duplex, uh, front and the back. Right, it's a two-bedroom, up and down. So it's a nice little split-level unit. Right. So, so you got your living space up on top with mm-hmm. your kitchen, dining room, and then the lower level is a full bathroom and the two bedrooms and laundry. So really nice. They went through and redid the carpet on the backside. So new carpet and looks really nice and get a nice little investment. Or even if you wanted to purchase and have rent out the other side, more than welcome to do that. There are so many options with duplexes, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, <clears throat> you, you could make some money on it. You could maybe balance out your mortgage because you are renting part of it out. Or, you know, not worry about that, but now you have a completely separate unit for family, children, you know, friends, whatnot. Mm-hmm. So there's so many options with duplexes. Um, they come on every once in a while. They usually stay on market a little bit longer because they're not listed predominantly in our residential searching. Right. So you got to have kind of a mind to be looking for that. Correct. Ooh, so much fun. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we've got that going on. Um, we have a house in Nakusa on Garrison Avenue. Mm-hmm. So again, in that nice little budget-friendly, that one did come back on the market. And so we've got one in Nakusa that is available to go see. And we'll continue to do some open houses on that. So, mm-hmm. you know, head over to the internet, wherever you find your information on where the open houses are. Um, again, with the pre-recorded show, it's kind of difficult to fully say, hey, this is going to happen at, at this time. We don't schedule things quite that far out. So keep an eye on your open house information. Right. And check out our Facebook page because we always make sure that we put our open house where we're going to be and when. So that way you definitely can get a chance to come and take a look at the home. And if it's not during an open house, you know, feel free to send us a message on Facebook and we'll definitely make sure you get into the house to see it. We enjoy those private showings. We do. Most definitely. All right, so I know that you want to jump into our numbers. Right, I like numbers. Let's go into the stats and hear more about the statistical reporting from Benjamin Nikolai. Yes, well, well, before you close down on on your side, um, I'm going to do this. But in the meantime, why don't you go sold, okay, for the last, um, well, for December, okay? From December 1? December 32nd. Did you catch that? Okay. There is no 32 days in December. Yeah, I know. Right. Um, For our Wisconsin Rapids area, because we're going to compare. So I've got final numbers from 2021. So we've got a couple sections. We do home sales. And in the state of Wisconsin, the entire statewide, the number of homes sold is the highest that it's been on my statistical reports going all the way back to 2007. The state of Wisconsin home sales were 90,028 houses. Okay. Is that crazy? It is. 2020, we saw, again, very huge, 89,328 the year before was 82,690. The year before that was 82,650. The year before that was 83,970. So the last couple of years have been really, really active with home sales. 2021, of course, being the highest active. We can look at 
December numbers, so December by itself, home sales across the state were 7,342, which is about um, consistent with the end-of-year numbers compared to uh, 2020 and 2019 as well. They're they're all fairly consistent around that 7,000 mm-hmm. homes sold mark. The highest month with sales looks to be August, and August had 9,233. Wow. Right. That was not the highest single month that we've had in recent um, recent history here. That would have been the year before in October with 9,700. So that's just a lot of homes being transferred. The other metric we look at is median price. Mm-hmm. So cost is always a, a portion of it, and everyone looks at that to be a, a kind of benchmark as we move forward in the future just where is that price point going to continue up so we ended the year-to-date average median price okay so taking all the median prices from each of the month and averaging them together two thousand excuse me two hundred and forty thousand dollars okay that sounds a little better two hundred and forty thousand dollars was the overall state median price. Okay. It's not bad. The year before that in 2020 was 220,000. So we jumped up 20 grand. Mhm. And yes, this is ending up as the overall highest for a median price year statistics that I'm looking at here. Okay. Um as far as like final numbers we go month to month, and again, we've got high numbers comparatively this year versus last. I think the highest month's median price point was 235000 That's in 2020. The highest here in 2021 looks to be 256840 Oh, wow. Right. So looking at the graph and, you know, the the human physiology, the human brain sees patterns quite easily. Right. When you're given information. And it, so it's hard to describe verbally looking at all of the numbers, but it's becoming far more consistent. So looking at uh, 2020, we had ranges from 190 to 235. Here in 2021, it was ranging from 210 to that 256, but most of them were in the 230, 240 range mm-hmm. each month. So seeing those consistent numbers, that's really, really a good sign that the market is evening out. Now, if we look at 2019, it's fairly all over the board from 175,000 upwards past 215,000. So that's that's a huge spectrum. It is. So I asked you to look in the computer. Yep. Okay. You got the Wisconsin Rapids area sold for December. Right. Okay. So, so December 1st, well, 2021. Hold on. Let me set it up. Okay. Okay. Well, I just so, want to make sure I got the right date. Yes, 2021. Okay. Okay. So the state ended December sales with 7,342 units sold. Okay. Give me just a second. Our central region ended December's numbers. December had 500 units sold. And we can slide it down to Wood County. December finished with 86 units sold. Oh, wow. Okay, so Wisconsin Rapids area had? 43. So our little southern part of Wood County had about, or exactly, half of the homes sold in mm-hmm. December. Right. Does it have a median price? Oh, I didn't go that. Let me Just let me click. Okay. All right. 
So if we kind of look at our medium price sold. Mm -hmm. It says one twelve five. Okay. Um, for the county, the December median price was one hundred and thirty-five thousand. Okay. So we ended with a talk about year-end averages mm -hmm. um, in Wood County. The overall number of homes sold was one thousand one hundred, which is yes the highest in recent history here. And the median price, our overall average was again the high, <clears throat> the highest that we've seen, and it averaged out to be one hundred and fifty thousand dollars even, right for our median sales prices. Right. So, so if we're looking at days on market, sure. Um, average is going to be sixty five. So if okay. we back out those 35 or 30 days, roughly, for to process that, that loan, we're looking at 35 days on the market. It took a month for these homes to get an accepted offer. And, of course, that's extremely variable as well. Mm -hmm. For all those reasons that we've been, been talking about, there are so many moving parts that many times that loan process takes longer. Or the houses might be going away from active status because they have an offer on them quickly, but others certainly may not. And so the the you know law of averages and whatnot, if you're dealing with 19 homes and the majority of them have stayed on the market here right now for you know 100 days, that skews our statistical averages. Correct. Yes, yeah, see, seeing those averages from the end of December. Days on market being, you know, roughly 35-ish days in contract and maybe 35 days on market. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if we can think about it like that, that's very well representative of a strong market that's still going quickly, but is, you know, settled down a bit from what we've seen. Right, right. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's really nice. It's it's good to see these these numbers and it's kind of doing exactly what we thought it was going to be doing. Which is a good thing. Right. Um, the inflation and whatnot that everyone's been experiencing, you know, that can only go on for so long before things really start to be affected mm -hmm. outside of the housing market. Well, and just asked, been asked a question today uh, about the mill closing down. You know, how is that affecting our, our housing market? And as we have seen, it's not doing much to it, you know? Right. So, and the, the nice thing is I think on the paper we've read where it's been sold again. So we might, it might be coming back online, but we've always had that. It's coming back. No, it's not. It's, I'm not sure where it is in this process right now. So now that's going to create a whole nother economic, you know, kind of situation mm -hmm. where we're going to see perhaps, and hopefully here in Wisconsin Rapids area, the kind of request for more homes to be on the market because we're going to hopefully have those workers coming back online as well. Mm -hmm. But if people have now become um, in an economic state personally where they don't have to have that mill job, maybe they don't want to have that mill job, but they're still living in their house because they found another way to afford it. Right. Which means where we're going to put new people coming in. Mm -hmm. We don't know. We'll find a spot. And it, it's really cool that we're hearing of investors investing in potential new housing, mm -hmm. you know, single family homes, especially. So that's encouraging. We just don't know what timeline for those to be built or exactly where they are. But those, uh, I think a lot of the investors are in the initial stages, mm -hmm. you know, really getting geared up for that. So getting geared up and um, it, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to watch. Uh, to see what they plan on doing. So I'm excited for the new year. Uh, so am I. I really am. All right. So our stage style and blogs. Oh, I Do was we... I was hoping you would talk about your experience over at Ruby Reds a little bit. Oh, you, okay. Yeah, we can do that there. while you're doing that. You know, one of us has got to be playing on a computer somehow. Sure. In this. Okay. So yeah, I went to Ruby Reds like I said in the first hour because we always we really like to support local businesses. 
you know, we, when we close on, on a house, when you close with us, we talk about it a lot of, you know, this cute closing basket that we make for you. You know, I spend some time, I make the basket, I weave the basket. I've been doing basket weaving for 25 years or more. Um, it's something that's fun for me to do. And so I don't have a problem weaving a basket and just kind of relaxing, just kind of enjoying the day. So we get that. And then we do have this wonderful blueberry lime jelly. We give you the recipe. So that way you can make more of it if you'd like it that much. And that one kind of came about is we made it for a Christmas for part of our Christmas tree. Cause we were going to do a jelly every single year. I think we started off with strawberry and then we found the blueberry lime. And that was just, it seemed like a weird combination, but it. Right. Well, we made it, it for out. our wedding. That's right. So that was like our wedding. Instead of giving them pieces of candy, we gave everybody a jar of jelly. Mm-hmm. So we had the blueberry lime from our <laughs> wedding and kind of ran across the recipe again. So we made it, we gave it out for Christmas and got so many rave reviews about this jelly that we decided that we were going to keep it as a consistent when you close with us, you get this really cool basket plus this really cool jelly. And you get the recipe. So that way you can make your more, you can make more if you want to. And and don't worry if your blueberry lime jelly doesn't turn out as gelatinous as you might think jelly should. Right. It's okay. That happened to us and that was actually one of those, you know, serendipitous adventures because we love it on ice cream. Right. It's great on ice cream. It's great on cheesecake. I mean, it's there's so many different uses. Mm-hmm. So we got that. And then we really kind of looked forward to... I think I did it in a smoothie too. Yes, you did. I mean, we put okay. it in just about everything. Crackers, <laughs> cheese. Oh, yeah. 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 See, now I'm hungry. Uh-huh. You said you were going to get hungry after this. Right. So we, we have that. And then we always connected with Ruby Reds. Ruby's Reds has been in the, in the city for, for quite a while. And so... We're big cranberry country. So there, there's our, our little cranberry nugget that we have in there. And so I went there to check it out. I'm going to digress just a little bit back to that because I want to circle back around to it. Um, and then last year, I think it was last year or the year before, we found the goat soap. Right. So Fallen Fall Pines, mm-hmm. they make some goat soap. So we're now using, again, someone local. You can get her soaps throughout. Rapids, so really cool goat soap. So, anyways, we're gonna come back now to Ruby Red. I told you I'm gonna circle back around. Um, but when I went there today or earlier in the week, it is so nice. I mean, the store is nice and big. You can kind of like browse around and have a nice little time. And in their frozen food section is the cranberry pizza. I did not pick that up, but I did pick up the cranberry pie along with the blueberry pie. Okay, so these are like traditional pie in a pie tin. That, in a pie tin. That are par-baked, pre-baked? You have to bake nope, it yourself? They're, they're just frozen. Just bring it home. You take it out of the little plastic bag and put it in the oven, 375, and bake for an hour. So kind of standard bake for an hour kind of a pie. So we have cranberry pie to eat. And I really thought it was a cranberry apple pie. I was a little sad that there was no apples in it. I'm not a very big apple pie fan. Okay. But throwing some cranberries, I'm a little bit better. I'm going to kind of pick you with my apple pies. So I like them in a particular way. So, but this is a straight cranberry pie. So we have cranberry pie to sample. And you said it was pretty tart. I have not eaten it. It is pretty tart. And so the ones I got were just like the little individual personal size. Right. Single serving. Single yeah. serving for you and I. It, I mean, to eat a half a pile, pie, not a problem. Yeah. It's maybe a what four inch, five inch. Something like that. Something like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, it's it was seven bucks, seven bucks per pie. I'm like, it's a pie. It's got to be yummy. So having the apple or the cranberry today, and I'm hoping next week we can sample the blueberry. Ooh, I know the blueberry. I'm like really looking forward to blueberry pie. Has always been one of my top favorites. Okay. So looking forward to the blueberry pie. And of course. Um, we we have a little sample bags in our closing gifts, mm-hmm. and those have really been popular. Again, like like we were saying, with um, especially out of the area buyers, you know, people moving into the area or mm-hmm. especially out of state, 
And it's really, really exciting that here in central Wisconsin, we have so much diversity in agriculture and so much to offer as far as, you know, cranberries and cheese, um, you know, corn and all these other really neat things that you wouldn't necessarily think were, were grown here. And like, you know, we were talking with Jen that we've been so focused on milk production and, you know, we're the dairy state, but we're also so, so very much more. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm really excited about this cranberry pie. It is very tart. Mm-hmm. Not going to lie. But again, at the same time, I was thinking that this was going to be a apple cranberry pie. I missed that there was not the word apple in this. I'm like, oh, cool. Because they had like a crumble top. Right. Just like I do with our, when I make our apple cranberry pies, there's always that crumble I put on the top. So that's what I was thinking that we were going to get this apple cranberry pie. And so I was super excited about it. So the first bite, I'm like, okay, cool. This is going to be awesome. Apple cranberry pie. Took a bite. I'm like, there is no sweetness in this whatsoever. So then I start digging around going, where is my apple? There is no apple in this pie. It's all cranberry. But well, it is tasty. It's tart, which is what you want. So, you know, word of warning, read the labels. Yes, read the label clearly. I figured out the blueberry. That was just kind of like straight. I mean, it didn't say blueberry, cranberry or anything like that. It was just a straight blueberry. So I read that label quite well. It's not quite the the cranberry one. So we can talk about something that's very much dovetailed into that. Mm-hmm. Our styled, staged, and sold blog from the National Association of Realtors. Um This week is from Melissa Dittman Tracy. Excellent. Right. Staff blogger over there. She does a bunch of other stuff too. She's pretty cool. One of these days I'm going to meet her in person. I was going to say, have we tried to contact her? No, because this is the National Association of Realtors. That's okay. I know. It's on my list. Okay. But this one is entitled Five Kitchen Trends to Watch in 2022. All right. Excellent. Because we're looking at redoing a kitchen. Sort yes, of. and along with the bathroom and whatnot. Right? I have to get the bathroom done first. But our bathroom did not disappoint. So if we have time, we're going to talk about a bathroom that did not disappoint. Oh, yes. Okay, so renovating a kitchen has become popular with many homeowners, the blog has said. Looking to spice up their look of space. Excuse me. Homeowners are looking to spice up the look of their space. As they take on projects, they're showing more interest in splurging on finishes and materials to get the high-end look they want. Mm-hmm. This is according to a study from House, H-O-U-Z-Z. Okay. Right. And that's something that, that we tell commonly to our buyers as well, is look past perhaps the dated look of some of the things in your house, mm-hmm. because kitchens are a common thing that get updated and upgraded and all of the portions of the kitchen. Um, it, it's really a trend type of thing that there are a few kitchen trends that are like completely iconic. And if they right. are, they have to go with the rest of your house. Right. So this is showing again that people are staying in the, their homes that they have and putting that money now to upgrading their home instead of, you know, moving or doing other things. Okay. Fall in love with your home all over again, I guess. Excellent. Well, we did have that one seller who did the upgrades that we suggested to. They fell back in love with their house and they stayed because they're like, and this is why we wanted to buy the house for these reasons. And I'm like, okay, I'm glad to help you. <laughs> what Was this like an episode of Love It or Listed on HGTV or something? Well. It, it sounds like it. It kind of was right? a little bit. I mean, you know, gave them their, their honey to-do list because as we look at a house, we'll give you the points of, okay, well, if you fix this and you fix this. And, you know, they went through and they fixed everything on the list. And they turned around and they fell back in love with the house. Because it was the, well, I started this project and now it's like three quarters of the way done. So it's like, okay, well, you just need to finish this then. It's going to go a long way. Just finish this. Let's get rid of the neon green paint and let's, yeah, let's find like something neutral. And so they did that. And they're like, we fell back in love with the house. We ripped up the flooring that the carpet that was all stained and gross and 
we laid down this new beautiful laminate and that's exactly what we wanted to do. They just needed someone to push them in the right direction. So if they wanted to move because they didn't like the house because of these reasons. And yeah, so they fixed up their house and fell back in love with it and they stayed. Yep. It, we, I started the hour on, um, here and I, I mentioned about, you know, education and stuff like that. I really think one of the education um, portions that was really helpful back in my college training was the psychology portion. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really interesting to hear and see those things about, you know, what, how does this human psyche work around your living space? Right. You know, some people are, are on the one side, it's just a box. I, I have it to protect me and keep me warm or cool. And then there's the other one where it's, it's an extension of their personality so much. And everybody's kind of in between, I think. Right. You know, and things like this, you, you fall in love with the space because you got pushed into doing the projects that you wanted to do anyway. Mm-hmm. Love it. Okay. So number one from the blog is quartz countertops are going to dominate. Okay. I can see that. Uh, again, white quartz perhaps mm-hmm. with a dark brown, you know, like a dark chocolate brown cabinet. not as expensive as marble, mm-hmm. but just as durable. The blog says one third of renovating homeowners say they splurge on countertops. They're favoring style, durability, and ease of cleaning versus the cost of it. Engineered quartz and granite are most popular at 42% and 24% respectively. Homeowners most often are choosing, or are choosing white for their countertops, which is interesting. Right. So now if you um, do solid surface, you know, man-made Corian countertops. That's what we were trying to come up with. There's yeah. our, there, there's, there's no our an, C. There's no Ander, it's just Corian. Right. Okay, right? so. And I think it's with the K, but anyway. So, so anyway, so that's our, what, our, yeah. Our man-made, like a Corian top, you know, it, you have to be careful when, when you're dealing with stains on some of these. But there's so many better sealing products now to really, you know, close off the pores of, of these solid surfaces or, mm-hmm. or um, you know, or stone countertops as well. Right. And we'll, we'll look at the, the kitchen that we have in our own spaces. Are the cabinetry, is the cabinet really, you know, needing to be replaced or is it structurally sound? Well, if it's good yet or if you're not having problems with drawer slides and things falling apart consider maybe just doing a countertop upgrade right it's a quick and easy okay so number two is supersized kitchen islands all right now i i understand what they mean and i've i've seen them done very well in personal homes sometimes you don't have the space and they're just awkward then right um but every time i hear supersized kitchen island my head goes to the medieval castle kitchen, you know, like the kitchen is 40 feet by 40 feet, you know, and they're, they've got a couple of tables sitting over on the side and the knights and the jesters are waiting to perform in front of the, the Lord and lady and such like that. And so there's like, you know, half a beef hanging over here and the pigs are hanging over there. They've got the big fire over in the corner that they're okay. cooking on. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got this supersized island in the middle. Okay. That's what my head goes to. All righty. This is not that. Okay. So when you say that, I think of like the wooden table mm-hmm. that has been weathered and not the most sanitary right. to begin with. So that's where my head goes to when you start saying medieval is unsanitary <laughs> and very old. <laughs> so here in 2022, we're looking at kitchen islands that homeowners are expanding making renovating or excuse me many renovating owners say that they're stretched the lengths of their islands to more than seven feet they're also turning the spotlight on these larger islands and say they've installed new lighting fixtures above them so a lot, a lot of using those light fixtures as more than just functional lights but also you know helping with the cohesiveness of the style of the space. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one is vinyl flooring is growing as a choice. 
says vinyl or resilient flooring continues to grow in popularity, nearly doubling in popularity since 2019. It now makes up about 23% of the new flooring choices that are going in, according to the house survey. Vinyl flooring now has overtaken ceramic and porcelain tile. Those are now at 19%. Hardwood flooring, however, leads flooring materials in kitchens at 25%. Ooh, in kitchens. Kitchens, which is interesting. Yeah. I, I would tend to stay away from hardwoods or wood flooring in the kitchen. Um, but the more engineered products seem to make more sense, easy to clean, stain resistant. Right. Um, I think vinyl would be that good balance between you're able to clean it and it's going to still be hard wearing. Um, most quality vinyl f- products have the color all the way through the product. So if you get nicks and stuff. Right. Uh, but also it's soft enough. And I, my, my grandma always had this thing. She had a ceramic tile floors mm-hmm. and oh my gosh, you have to be so careful not to drop anything because it will like shatter into a billion pieces, no matter if it's metal or glass. So if someone has that preconception in their head already, you know, having the vinyl is a little bit softer. Right. Right. I would think the wood floor, you'd have to be on top of the maintenance that once it starts to wear down, you're resealing and you're making sure that seal is there. So that way you don't get the water sitting on top of it and soaking into that wood and causing rot issues with the flooring. And what about food falling on it and staining it? and Right. Getting, getting those particles in there. That's, you know, why you find the solid surface and the stone as countertops. That way, you know, it's more resilient than just your wood that should be taken care of in a certain manner that right. most people don't know how to do properly. Right. It's, yeah. It's the maintenance because they're like <laughs> even the butcher block countertops. I love the look of them. You know, I've worked with them, that sort of thing. I just not in my home. I love them at work. They're beautiful. That's where they, in a kitchen where you know how to take care of them and can designate that time to take care of them. Because even that cutting board that you slide out at grandma's house, if you look at that wood one, you can see some interesting things starting to happen with those wooden cutting boards. Yeah. You know, just do you have the time to do the maintenance on them? The next one is white and gray are top color choices for walls and ceilings. Mm -hmm. White continues to lead as top choice for kitchen cabinets, backsplashes, and walls. Gray is the most common alternative to white. Uh, with 27% of renovating homeowners painting the kitchen walls gray, 13% installing gray flooring, and 11% opting for a gray backsplash. This is according to that house survey. Okay. Other colors are also increasing in popularity, including blue, black, green, bringing contrasts in kitchens such as island cabinets. So a trend that we had talked about before you know, taking that massive now kitchen island or peninsula mm-hmm. and treating that as its own design element, you know, so cohesive countertops throughout. But instead of having just white or gray cabinets in the kitchen, having a darker color, like a dark blue or dark green being that accent in the cabinetry the of the island. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> High-tech appliances Ooh. come on the list. Right. Another area where homeowners said they were willing to splurge is appliances. Rising in popularity are kitchen appliances that have features like wireless and smartphone controls. Also, nearly one in five homeowners are incorporating beverage refrigerators into their kitchens and or adding wine refrigerators. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Well, we want to keep the wine chilled or even, you know, the kids' sports bottles chilled mm-hmm. and not take up space in the fridge. And not have it to open and close the fridge just to get whatever right. beverage you want. Right. Um, I can see this for uh, younger children as well. You know, mm-hmm. like like you said, you had a, a lower cabinet designated for their snacks or whatever. Yep. Also do it with their beverages. Mm-hmm. Um, I know from an energy consumption standpoint, you get what you pay for. And check your numbers and consider that on your total energy cost because now you have another thing that's got a compressor on it that's running 
a while. Mm -hmm. um, and I've heard horror stories of electric bills when you get too many of those around the house. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like each of the kids has one in their bedroom and then there's two or three down in the, the family room. And plus oh, wow. you've got your regular refrigerator and then you add on a freezer or something like that. Mm -hmm. So all those hidden little, little draws. Mm -hmm. So we got a couple minutes left, maybe about three minutes or so. Do all right. You want to hit on the most fun thing you found in the bathroom model? Yes. So the bathroom did not disappoint. So as you all know, we're, we're working on getting the main bathroom taken care of, but in the little bathroom, we have the old 1960s medicine cabinet where it's got the slot for your razors. And yes, there was a pile of razors in the wall. So once I did crack open the wall that that's on, um, there was a nice good pile of razors in the wall. So our bathroom did not disappoint at all. And we weren't quite sure what we would find because there's a little sticker underneath the slot in the back of the metal medicine cabinet mm -hmm. that was in good condition and says, you know, insert razors or something like that. Right. Right. And because it was in such good condition, we didn't think there was many razors going past it because, you know, usually it's with wet fingers and that would degrade the sticker. Right. Or you can see the wear and tear on the metal part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, not the case in our house. And yet there was still a, a sizable amount of <laughs> razor <laughs> razors in the, in the wall cavity. So yeah, it did not disappoint. I was super excited. I was very careful when I was opening up that wall. So that way, one, I didn't wreck the medicine cabinet because I didn't remove anything from the medicine cabinet. And I wanted to be able to see if there was that stack of razors. And there definitely was. And we found a random pipe too. So that was even awesome. Well, the pipe wasn't totally random. I know what it's for. It, yeah, it was a vent pipe, but it was not where I was expecting to see the vent pipe. I was expecting it in a different location. So it was kind of fun to find a random-ish pipe in the wall. It's always neat to open up the walls of the house um, when you're in a planned renovation circumstance. Mm -hmm. um, it's never fun when you have to because maybe you have to fix something that, you know, pipe burst or something like that. Right. Yeah, exciting times. It is. So if people want to get a hold of you, how can they do that? All right. So the phone number again is 715-323-2577. And again, that is a very textable number. So you see a house or you have questions, you know, you can send me a picture, you can send me a text and be happy to help you. We are also on social media. So check out the Facebook and the Instagram. And of course, if you're looking for Houses that are on the market, head over to MyRapids.com or MyNakusa.com because, you know, we're giving Nakusa some special love this year. Yes, we are. Your hometown. My hometown. Mm -hmm. So much fun. All right. So we'll have a great Central Wisconsin day and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.